Hey, welcome to FullyStacked.io. I'm Richard. This is Devin. And this is episode 28. And on this episode, we have a special guest. Her name is Hukata, and she is a recent UCLA Extension Certificate um, graduate. And she has a background in uh, computer science. She has a bachelor's degree in computer science and four years of experience in C Sharp and .NET and ASP. Uh, so we want to talk about uh, your, I guess, transition from being a developer to being a website designer and how you came to that decision, uh, what you're doing to accomplish that goal. And I am very excited about this one because uh, you are uh, kind of, you, you have experience in the area that I'm building experience in and, and vice versa. So this is a really interesting uh, <clears throat> to hear to hear your thoughts coming in from the other side of the fence. Um, I guess the first I guess we should get right into it. The first question would be uh, uh, what what uh, made you want to uh, pursue design as a, a career? So, hi everybody. And it's definitely exciting to join here with both of you. Um, I have worked with Richard earlier, and it's great to know you, Devin. So going back to the question, um, uh, I completed my computer science like in 2005, and I've been working for like four or five years since then on and off. Uh, but um, I have always been interested in um, the creative work. Um, I, ha I used to do a lot of sketching and illustrating as I grew up. But from the background I grew up, um, computer science is uh, is uh, the future and way to go was what I was always taught. And that is why I first start, like learned computer science. I got into it. But as I started working um, in the corporate world, um, and uh, having experiences, um, um, I had to uh, keep up with the off uh, with the work hours and um, also have a balance um, uh, home with work. And um, I felt that I have very less less flexibility doing that because in the meantime I also started um, like. I had family, I got married, and I had my first child. So that was the point where I decided that I have to, uh, I can't keep doing this uh, development work if I have to give my my share of time to my family as well. Mm -hmm. And I always had this thing in the back of my mind that I want to, I want to do more in arts, I want to do more in arts. And I used to take few courses here and there at UCL Extension before I started do, doing design um, certification. So when I was, when I quit my job to look after my baby and I was home, um, I, I'm not the kind of a person who can stay still and uh, not work. I wanted some work. So I enrolled in the certification and as I proceeded learning uh, creative tools and um, other design elements through the course, uh, it got me more interested. So there was this uh, funny phase in between where I thought that this design thing is not working for me and I should get back doing web development because I know how to do it. It's straightforward and um, it uh, uh, I can earn um, 
well uh, doing web development. So I did a one year, I went, I stopped my certification, I went back, I did one year in web development uh, uh, as a web developer, software engineer, uh, developing C sharp.net. But again, I in that job I had to do HTML, CSS, uh, maintain websites. And that time I thought, no, I want to do uh, design. And then I came back and completed my certification. And now I'm steadfast that I want to do web design more than development. <laughs> That's a really impressive background. I mean, you you, you definitely can, uh, if you have the uh, creative mind, which it sounds like you do, and the, and the passion for design, you, you, can, you can be what... Uh, what these corporations, what these huge companies are looking for, where they, everyone's moving, trying to move in the direction of having full stack developers and to have the the small boutique uh, uh, boutique firm uh, type of type of feel. So they want people to be to be incredibly diverse, and uh, you definitely can do that because not not only. <clears throat> You know, as you as you build your your talents in design, not only can you design it, but you can you can uh, work on it along with the developers as, as pretty much as much as you want. I mean, it's a very incredibly valuable skill to have uh, to be able to do uh, to be able to do the engineering and the programming uh, because at the in the design phase, uh, you you can solve problems before they become problems, and that was kind of my motivation for. For wanting to learn development was that I had these challenges as as a designer, that you know I'd, I'd build something and find out it was being completely rebuilt uh, by by the development team, and I would say, what what the heck is going on here? Why why are you wasting so much time? Yeah, when in my last job uh, there was this design team, and we used to get designs from them, and that time I had half my skill sets acquired um, from the course and I I always used to toggle on both sides of the line like oh I can do that design stuff and uh, oh and not usually agree with what designers have uh, presented or given us to develop and I would think uh, it would be better to place uh, this search box here or have the search results or these indexed on, on the left side rather than right side or stuff like that and uh, it was um, like I felt the need that designers should on one point connect to the developers that's really interesting that you say that uh, uh, that that's that's been a point of contention that I've uh, had uh, experienced as well so so you kind of had some resistance as you had more design ideas and and more more design expertise built up underneath you Mm-hmm. That you you had some resistance to your ideas as you were trying to speak out. Uh, as a developer. Yeah, when you're a developer pitching in uh, design ideas, did, did you yes. get any resistance? Yes, a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a uh, like we just have to uh, like in uh, in not their words, but in like a uh, crude words, it was like just do what what is given to you, just develop it that way. Oh wow. I, I, yeah. I swear, if there weren't if there weren't only like thirty people in the U.S. office where I work, I would swear we work for the same company. Um, <laughs> it sounds like uh, it's a common theme throughout uh, this it, industry. It must be. Yeah. Uh, that's that's it's that's so amazing that you say that. Now, now, when you were being uh, when your when your ideas were being rejected, did that did that just make you want to do it more? 
yeah, but I would uh, not uh, take that rejection so easily. I would like come up with uh, the reasoning, like trying to explain why uh, I'm suggesting what I'm suggesting, like from the SEO perspective, a uh, few things didn't make sense. From, from the page loading point of view, few things didn't make sense. So, um, so a couple things were taken like into consideration but the end result was not what we what we as a developer expected but still there was an uh, they gave an ear to it like mm -hmm. from um uh SEO perspective uh, thing was um at least listened to that's a that, that's very valuable i mean i i, I can't say that enough uh, to have that to have that kind of diversity you're you're seeing the big picture because you've you've worked in all of these uh, different different practices professionally. It's that's really cool. Um, yeah, and but at the same time, the the design work. Um, if I think from the designer's perspective, I get a feel that that design team. I I won't like to be a part of that design team because. It was not creative enough. It was just like making templates. So I find sometimes I find myself um, not neither a designer nor a developer. You know, that's that's something really interesting that that I kind of realize. Uh, I I'm, I'm work so I'm I'm on a team where we work on the reporting. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it, and every page is really just numbers and data. And mm -hmm. tables in boxes, and I was just thinking, God, from a design standpoint, this is the worst thing I could ever think of. Like, this is the—it's so boring. Yeah. Like, you, this is the kind of thing that you would want to work on for like three weeks and be done with it. But as a developer, holy crap, yeah. this is like the best thing I could have ever asked for in my career because we're dealing with huge data sets and and we're uh, really complicated SQL queries, you know, coming in through the dot not. The .NET layer using using design patterns and APIs and mm -hmm. you know all of this really incredible technology to make this happen. So I was just thinking, you know, wow, this is this really is a different world. This is not like a de like a designer when you're a designer, you're coming up with uh, creative visual and user experience uh, challenges, and you're and you're and you're really trying trying to think. You're trying to think outside of the box, but you're also mm -hmm. trying to think of something that is so intuitive that you don't have to explain it. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to add to that. I mean, with, yeah. I think what's most impressive about your experience so far is the whole right brain, left brain thing, where you're able to be creative, but at the same time, follow a set of rules in being a developer. I think maybe one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe one of the things that maybe frustrated you as a developer, because as a developer, you follow a set of rules and guidelines, mm -hmm. if you will, and you really can't go outside of those guidelines. Whereas in design, you have that freedom to sort of express yourself and think outside the box, if you will. And is that, is that an itch you're, you're trying to go after? Is that you want to think outside the box or do something that sort of breaks the mold uh, as opposed to following a set of rules and guides? Exactly. You just put what I feel in, in the right words. <laughs> gotcha. 
And so how has that been for you, that transition? Because, you know, you've, you, in a way, you've been sort of shackled for being in, in this development world where you're following these mm-hmm. rules. And as you transition into the design world, how has that transition been for you? Uh, are you able to be as creative as you thought you could be? Uh, or are there some challenges you're experiencing along the way? Uh, so, um, I, right now, at this point of time, I feel I'm much better than where I started. But uh, when I started, um, I was so much used to having the set of rules to follow mm-hmm. that um, whatever the course assignments or the um, project work I came across, it was I felt it extremely open-ended. Um, and I was looking for, um, oh, no, I need some steps. I need some guidelines. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, to follow and then I would be able to do it that was something a limitation in my mind which I had to break while uh, uh, doing this certification Mm -hmm. and uh, I I had a lot of good teachers and mentors along the way who helped me um, achieve that but sometimes I still feel uh, that I should go like I should get a set a given clear set of uh, instructions that I have to do these three things and uh, it is it would be much easier if, if I could get that but then I have to keep that, reminding myself that yes no yeah, you have yeah, that's exactly right that that sounds to me like your developer side is is sort of chiming in in that respect <laughs> and, and, and I you're, you're having this tug of war internal tug of war if you will and yes. also, you'll find that as a as a designer, that you know, not only are you coming up with those rules, but it's but it is also your job uh, to get those rules out of the business analysts and to you know because you're because part of what you you do as a designer is to identify uh, or or identify where those uh, requirements fall short, so that you can say. Hey, we need this. This is part of the user experience that we need to to accomplish our our objective. And you guys put no thought into this. Um, here's some input, uh, but mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, you need to work together with with the business team. Whereas being a developer, uh, I mean, maybe you're not at my company if if those if those rules are already set because those rules are constantly changing mid sprint for everything that we do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the rules are supposed to be defined as a developer and when they aren't defined, you don't do any work, but as a designer, you're just getting started when the rules aren't defined. So it's, uh, you're, you're kind of approaching it from uh, a different perspective and that's, uh, that, that's, that's really cool. Like what would you, what would you say kind of like the, the biggest shock was as you were changing, uh, as you were at least considering changing careers. The biggest shock. Um, yeah, like like the biggest like wow, this is not what I thought it was. Oh, uh, it is um, like while coming up with say um, in the coursework while uh, working on branding projects or um, developing an idea, you just had. Um, it, it is not just I have to present my idea or present my design. I have to think from the, like like you just said, from how good it will be for a business and uh, present it from the business point of view, like sell it to some 
someone looking to buy your business so i had to think from that perspective so i i had this moment like oh so i have to uh present i have to literally sell my idea and explain to them how good it is for their business do the research of current existing ideas um, and come up with how different my idea is like uh, for for the website i developed with uh, richard the photographer friend so while presenting that website i had to do the research i had to go um, uh talk with kindergarten teachers i had to present why is this better than what you what already has so i was not prepared for this whole um kind of study while um coming from a developer uh, background into a design there, there there's a lot of why uh, questions in design world mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe the developer world and the reason why i say that is because in the developer world somebody asks you well why did you code it code it this way and you, there's a clear answer to that because you can say this is best practice or this is the method in which you put this together whereas on the design side it's more okay the reason why i designed it this way is because it's going to have this sort of impact and i believe based on my experience that this will have this these kind of results it's a little i, I mean maybe i'm out of turn here but it's a little bit wishy-washy on the design side as opposed to the development side whereas in the design side you really have to prove that this design is going to work and you have to track it you have to see how well this design is doing so in my line of work in my business we design websites for clients and they're all custom design and i always tell my clients the same thing i say look we're going to make a bunch of assumptions uh, in the design process we're going to you know we're going to based on our experience based on what, what what worked for us and what didn't work for us we're going to do this for your website but then what's what we're going to do in the next six months or so to a year we're going to track Google Analytics and see are users getting it? Are they clicking on the buttons we want them to click on? Are you getting that are um, you know uh, conversion rates that you thought you were going to get? Are users getting confused? And if they are, we have to make adjustments. So there's no real clear set of rules. In, in some ways there are, but there's no set of rules that you can follow to say, okay, I followed step one, two, and three, and I have this beautiful design. It doesn't really work that way in the design world. Uh, do you guys agree, disagree? What do you think? Well, I tend. To, well, you go. Ahead, you can. You go ahead and answer, and I'll and I'll follow up. No, I I definitely agree because that was the main thing I learned in design as a designer is you you got to answer the question why all the whys. Yeah. And I think if you're if you're doing your your part as a designer or or you know when you're when you're uh, coming up with the UX, there there is a lot of analytics involved, but it's figuring out how. But the real challenge is figuring out how to collect the data, the useful data that you need to solve the problems that that you need to solve. Because as a as a developer, that's pretty easy, because we have you know uh, drop rates, load times, um, uh, and and heat maps and logging all and you know every every interaction is logged and you can follow a person's uh, uh, mouse through the screen but you can't always know what they're thinking just from uh, just from watching their session for example or from watching their their uh, patterns 
uh, that get logged through their through their session, they might be thinking, oh, this is awesome. That's why they're spending 20 minutes on a page because they're kind of uh, uh, really, really focusing on something or uh, or they think uh, or they might be thinking this really sucks and then they go and get some coffee or something and then they drop off the page. So mm -hmm. so it, it's it's not nearly as linear being a designer <clears throat> but as being a developer I uh, to I, I would say that that I find uh, creativity but maybe that's because I'm a creative mind going into a mechanical world uh, that I found the creativity in it and that uh, every 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 I, I'm, I'm mostly working in JavaScript view models uh, but I'm doing a little bit I mean I'm seeing dotnet uh, I'm not really able to write it quite yet um, but I'm seeing different implementations from different people and everybody is doing something different and and because I work on a huge team that means that pretty much everything I look at is 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 slightly different or a variation of something else unless it was a straight copy and paste so I am finding creative solutions within something that you would think is mechanical but going back to the rules we are accomplishing a set of rules that are defined. So it's like, where is the creativity uh, in what we do? Uh, and and that's kind of where I find it. It's it's like it's like uh, when we're talking about cars. Well, we need a car to have uh, four wheels. It needs to go forward. It needs to stop. And those are the rules. But but how would I, as a mechanical person? interpret those rules well maybe i want it to go zero to 60 in four seconds uh and that's and that's something that i would find creativity in whereas a designer would f uh, find the creativity in uh you know the the way the the way the uh, rear end slopes into the spoiler you know <laughs> so so i have a question so if, would you find it a challenge uh, being now being that you were a developer, and as you transition into the design world, would you find it frustrating if you if you were to become a full time designer, for instance, but you then you had to hand your work off to a developer to then create it for you when you yourself could create it on your own, no problem? Would you find that frustrating? Um, I think so. Yes, I think so. Yes, I will find that frustrating too. I definitely would. Yes. Because yep. if mm -hmm. I've I've designed it and I know how to code code it, maybe I would love to do some of that part as well. Maybe not um, completely individually, but I would definitely to like to do it collaboratively with someone or uh, have some share of development. What's amazing is is that I and I guess this is kind of one of my gripes lately is that. Um, how many how many places say they want everyone to be full stack, but everyone's still in a silo? When 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 I was branching off into development, I would go to these interviews and say, Hey, by the way, I can write I can write JavaScript pretty well. I can I can be a UI developer. I can work as part of the dev team and as a designer. And they and everyone would say, No, we don't really do that. And it's like, Well, really? Isn't that what isn't that what everybody says they want? And uh, and it turns out that that saying something and doing something are two very different things. Uh, just look at agile. 
Yeah, I mean, what's what's from my perspective because I used to be a designer and um, d developer, so I would design a mock-up for a website, some compositions, and at the time I was doing them in Photoshop. Uh, and then I would present the designs to my bosses when I was working for a corporation. And then I would go and des to build the website. I would do code the HTML, the CSS, and the JavaScript, and the jQuery. I would do all of it myself. And I always felt that was a, a strength because for me, as a, being able to build the website, when I designed the website, I, I knew the limitations of the design. In other words, I didn't design something I didn't know how to actually create. But now in my in my business my business that line is is very sharply divided. So I'm I'm the developer in the business, and I have my partner who's the designer, and his designs, because he has no development skills at all, he's just strictly a designer. The designs that because we produce now are far beyond anything that I could have ever created, uh, and I I can't help but think that in some ways being a developer kind of holds back my creativity somewhat because I always have this constraint on the back of my mind that says, oh, this will be difficult to code. And maybe subconsciously or consciously, you make these design decisions just based on the challenge or the uh, the execution of the actual final product. So then you, you might hold yourself back. Do you do you guys, and I asked both of you because you both of you are kind of a mirror of each other, right? So <laughs> how what is your perspective on that? Do you feel that it... Uh, doing both, wearing both hats can be limiting or do you think it's freeing on the other hand? I think it's a double-edged sword. Uh, one of one of the things you have to do as a, as, as a UX person is to kind of assume that everything can be done. That way you can come up with the best possible ideas uh, and then and then analyze it as a developer to say okay the this is the ideal situation now uh let's look at it realistically what where do we go from there um i don't know what, what do you think about that cicada yeah i i like the perspective that richard added here um i never thought of it before about um getting having a limitation of not uh, coming up with a great design because um, as a developer you understand how hard it will be to code. Mm -hmm. But maybe um, if I come across such a situation, maybe I will try to um, uh, um, set um, like uh, put it in stages. Like this is what I want the final product to be, the most mm, the most beautiful uh, in design terms. And then, as a developer, try to get there. Mm -hmm. That's that's a. I mean, that's kind of a really good thing to strive for. One of the first things, if you go into uh, work as a designer and try to develop uh, as well, the first thing you're going to run into is time constraints. Uh, developing a page takes a lot longer uh, than it does to create a prototype. But also, uh, on the flip side of that, one of the things that that Maybe frustrating is that you 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 come up with a really great user experience. You prototype that in a in a in and deliver a sen essentially dev ready code, uh, and then you hand it off to a developer, and then you're going to watch it just kind of deteriorate in front of you. Uh, that that may be a, something that you run into. <laughs> I hope you don't. 
Yeah, I'm, what what are the things you might find frustrating transitioning into the design world is uh, customer expectations. And when I use the word customer, I, I, I put people like your clients, your bosses in there. In other words, people who you're trying to impress. And this is a, we talked about this in a different episode, but it's really interesting. People who are not in this industry, people who are not designers or not developers, they're just business folks, for instance, people who hire you, uh, they they don't have that same understanding of what it takes to develop an application, for instance. But what they can see is a cool special effect. So, for instance, you could really quickly whip up a parallax effect, mm -hmm. right? But on the back end, you may have spent uh, days uh, programming an application where somebody could fill out a form and it responds automatically by communicating with the database and does some calculations on the back end. But the wow factor there to the client or your boss or whoever was the parallax effect. And that might be something, a, a point of frustration for you moving from maybe the development side or vice versa uh, is this expectation from the customer and being a boss is that something you're worried about or is that something you've ever experienced um i think i'm i haven't experienced it yet um but uh, i'm not worried about it right now because i'm uh, very much ex uh, eager to get into um designing world mm -hmm. maybe so i Get to to, to yeah. echo Richard's point, mm -hmm. uh, this is exactly something that that we're dealing with, that I'm dealing with on uh, the the team I'm on, is that we've got these, we've got this interaction where you click on, where you where we have this widget in a box, uh, and we have some settings that you want to change. You click the settings icon, and the thing flips over on that page. It's a really cool effect, but our reports are returning 30,000 rows worth of data, and that effect is crashing the browser. As a developer, you'd be able to uh, bring that up and and kind of shoot that down from the get-go, but that's ultimately going to reduce that, that wow factor, that zazz or whatever they want to call it. Uh, um, have you, and, and I guess that, that question kind of it comes the question comes from that angle is is um, is that how do you think you're gonna deal with the the balance of impressing versus uh, doing what you know is gonna be gonna be correct and, and just to add to that before you answer because you bring up mm -hmm. a really good point Devin and this is a problem that I run into with my business all the time uh, my designer he comes up with really amazing designs no question about it but when it comes to my desk I think from a developer standpoint I think you know what this is not gonna work well on an iPad for instance because it requires touch interaction and the way you designed it it's more ideal for a mouse interaction so we need to make this change and there's a point of friction there because the designer is thinking look I, I created this beauty and you're butchering it because you know you, you as a developer are telling me there's limitations but as a designer you want to be be able to, to be free to do whatever you want so that's something that I think you'll experience moving into the design world you may get some pushback from the development team to say hey I you know this is not going to work so well from a development standpoint 
Is that something that you're prepared for as a developer? Maybe better? Um, I feel that uh, coming from a developer uh, background, I might be able to actually connect with the developers mm -hmm. if I'm a designer and um, try to understand the, the real problem that they will be facing while implementing the design and maybe uh, come up with a couple more solutions uh, which might satisfy uh, which might be a win-win situation for both or a little bargain on the design side and a little bargain on the developer side yeah that, that's a great perspective i think it's going to be really valuable uh, to you in terms of employment because that is something you don't get a lot from designers to be able to see it from that point of view that's very rare so i think you'll find it to be a very valuable asset for sure. Uh, so given that you were going through, you just finished your program at UCLA Extension, mm -hmm. uh, how well do you feel that you're prepared for a career as a designer? Um, when, I f uh, when I finished my certification and I was, uh, I didn't, I haven't started looking at, when I didn't start looking at the jobs, I thought, yes, I'm, uh, already all set very confident to get into that world and grab a job but uh, once i started uh, applying um i'm looking at all these job requirements the years of experience they want and the diversified uh, skill sets they are looking for like uh, you have to be uh, really good at design um, a good, uh, also good at web design, also good at UX design, and plus have some unique skills to add to it. And uh, so they're expecting not just depth, but also the width of abilities in the uh, job applicant's pocket. Uh, so that's a little overwhelming for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I have to present myself in such a way uh, to show my all my skill sets and plus add how unique I am and coming from the developer job application experience I had in the past it was not so it was very straightforward this this is my experience or this is my education and I I can code C sharp SP dot and that's it I don't have to sell myself that uh, mm. in those details like uh, they can, um, um, they would um, test me on my skill levels, and that was it. Mm -hmm. But here, like breaking this barrier and getting to an interview, I feel that's um, difficult. That is amazing to hear you say that, uh, because I, I have, I have exactly the opposite problem. I can sell myself all day long, <laughs> but when it comes to test, the test, I, I always choke the technical test, uh, and. Uh, no design job gives a technical test, or very few do. Um, I've actually I've never been on a design interview where they've given me a technical test. Uh, so that, but but I actually I actually kind of appreciate the technical test because I find that that if it's if the interview is all about the sale, then then any salesman can bullshit their way into a job. Uh, so. You know, I, I guess I guess maybe your challenge is that you're just not that good at bullshit, or you don't feel like you're as good as good at bullshitting yet. I don't know, but um, well, you're have, maybe you know, having trouble selling yourself. One of the things, what 
because I went through the UCLA extension program myself and one of the things that helped me set myself apart from my competitors when I was looking for a job is that I had a really well put together portfolio website and mm -hmm. at the time I was more of a designer than a developer so I spent a lot of time on the design aspect because I needed that wow factor for my mm -hmm. interview and so my 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 portfolio website had a lot of that those wow factor elements it had slideshows carousels all these jQuery stuff because at the time jQuery was really big and everybody was really into it you know light boxes and all the, these things were really kind of wowed the employers and and, and it all it, it even before showing them my portfolio website it actually taking a step back it really started off with the resume because I put some design elements into the resume uh, so your resume, for instance, being a developer, is it more of a developer-like resume or is it more of a designer's resume? In other words, does it have design elements? Does it have a color scheme, different font usage, or is it more straightforward as you would for a developer position? So these are the things that might help you set yourself apart as a designer as opposed to as a developer. Have you thought about that? I uh, did. I followed few of the designer uh, uh, resumes and I tried to come up with my own. But um, now that you said, uh, I also made an infographic resume for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, nice. But I, have, I still kept the infographic resume separate and my actual resume separate. So I uh, initially when I started, it was very much like a developer, like a heavy use of words and mm -hmm. detailed description mm -hmm. of what I what I developed and how I developed, but then I I made it shorter. Um, took off my developer um, developer things and added more designer things on it. But it's um, now that you say, I think it's it has less color in it and only two types of fonts, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because as, as a designer, you're really looking to sort of wow your potential employers from a visual perspective. You know, they're not necessarily looking for technical chops because they're really looking to hire somebody that could set their products um, apart from their competition. Mm -hmm. So so in a way, you need to do the same for yourself. And I, you know, in the design world, it's really more about these details that really matter. The devil's in the details, you know. How, mm -hmm. You know, what's the font choices? Are you using uh, a very traditional font or are you using something outside, outside of the box? Mm -hmm. um, you know, these are the things you have to be asking yourself in the design process. Also, the portfolio website is going to be huge. You know, that needs to really stand out because a lot of people who are going to be applying for a position, they'll have a portfolio website as well. And so employers are going to be looking for something that they haven't seen before. So that's from a design perspective. You see, and that's a big difference from a developer perspective because like you said, in the development field, it's very technical. Okay, you have X number of years in this, in this language and X number of years in that language. Okay, this is what we're looking for, done and done. And the design, it's all left to interpretation. It's all left into, it, there's more of a feeling, if you will, than, than the, the analytical side of the development side. So I think that's going to be a particular challenge for you transitioning this way. I would, I would say uh, if, I, if I were you, chances are as, you're, as you go into design interview for design positions, um, 
they're going to look at your website. They're going to look at the aesthetic and the user experience. Uh, but also, I build your website in in the way you would as a developer too. Design it the way you would design it as a designer, and then develop it the way you would as a developer. That way, if you're at an interview for for a for a really kick-ass design job that you really want, and the interviewer says, "By the way, I noticed you built your website in React. Nice work. That's the job you want." Because they'll appreciate your background. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have I have developed my portfolio website, and um, from the advice that I got, um, they they really liked it. And um, uh, maybe uh, for project uh, project uh, descriptions, it's more descriptive, and I should make it more visually descriptive rather than descriptive by words. Um, maybe um, I will take these inputs and try to work more on updating that website. Yeah, find a, find a way to communicate the the bare minimum really effectively, and then if they want more details, make that accessible. And I, that's that's your that's the user experience challenge as a as a developer because you do at the end of the day you really do have this body of knowledge, and you'd be doing yourself a disservice to just ignore any of that or, or ignore all, all of it and say I'm only a designer but you also are kind of leaving that behind at some at some level to pursue uh, uh, being a designer user experience person so you got to find a way to, to pay homage to to your background but also to uh, market what you're gonna be and that that was that was kind of that was my challenge. I don't know how effective I was at it, but um, you may do better than I did. <clears throat> so on the uh, on the uh, YouTube stream, I brought up this this image. This guy says my LinkedIn profile, and he lists all of these uh, all of these languages: R, Python, JavaScript, Shiny, Dippler, Per, Ditto. And at the bottom, it says I typically ask recruiters to point out which one of these is Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> We have all these all these wacky names for languages, and and you we're getting to the point where you can pretty much say anything, and people will go, oh yeah 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 that's great, yeah. That's a really good so, point. That's a really good point. I I, I, just, I just tuned into the live stream, so it's, if you're listening and if you want to check out the, our videos on YouTube, uh, search for fullystack.io. Uh, but that's a really good point there. And, and the problem with all of these development languages, some of them uh, fall in and out of fashion very quickly. Uh, some some languages come in and, and you think that, um, you know, this is going to stick around for the long haul. And then the development team who's behind it decide to abandon it or rewrite the whole thing and everything you learn is out the window. Uh, mm -hmm. Designing is, is kind of similar in the way that trends come and go as well. And one of the things, the challenges in the design world is that you have to know what the next trend is before it becomes a trend. Uh, I find that's probably one of the most challenging things about being a designer is not to fall into a slump. Uh, is that something you're sort of prepared for to, to sort of push your creativity to, to its limits? Yes, definitely. Uh, it, it has its uh, pluses and minuses, like uh, keeping up might be stressful with what's uh, going to be new trains and how 
the web uh, or design world is changing but at the same time it's also very exciting to uh, yeah. learn new, new things and try to implement them so do you feel that your education at UCLA Extension, uh, any design resources that you've come across in the recent uh, years, has it prepared you to become a full-time designer or do you feel that you really need that on-the-job experience to become a more uh, a confident designer? Um, the courses, like UCLA Extension has really good set of courses and they offer a variety of them. Like you can, um, custom custom select the courses for yourself and choose what you want to focus on if it's web designing if it's print design or if it's UX but at the same time I feel if somebody mentors me on um, on what I what they feel I'm good at or how I should uh, focus more on one skills skill set rather than other like if somebody um, and custom and help me customize the course to my tasting or my abilities um, that would take me one step further I wouldn't say it's not sufficient what's what they're doing right now it's it it has gave me enough uh, power and enough confidence to uh, get into the design world but if I want to take it one step further I would um, like extra extra mentoring on um, customizing individual program like uh, coming from someone who has already been there and done that uh, telling me um, yes you are you're, you're good in designing or you should improve more on typography um, but you have uh, great web designing skills and focus um, more on web designing rather than something else. Maybe this is because I come from a developer background and I'm again looking for some set of directions or rules that my um, one side of brain taking over the other side, but maybe, or it's just me. No, I, I think that's actually gonna be really helpful to you from a design, from a developer perspective, moving into the design world, because you should have a set of rules when you design things. You know, you should have a, sort of a, a style guide, if you will, when you build, a, 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 when you design a product. You know, it should be consistent. And I think one of the things that's really going to help you out is, from the de development point of view, is the attention to the detail that you already have, and then being able to ask your, the question. Why? Why is this box? Why does this button have rounded corners? Or why should this have a, a shadow? What is this? You know, what is this communicating to the user? Those are the kind of questions that that'll help you solve design problems. I think really well. Uh, in the so right now, as you're looking for a job, are, are you? practicing doing any design work for yourself uh, maybe designing uh, your friends websites or just designing websites just for fun are you doing anything like that to, to keep your creativity going yes definitely because um, that keeps my uh, skills um, sharpened and I keep uh, learning new things and at the same time I have got to show something on my portfolio as well keep adding to it until I actually land up on a job so um, I'm doing a, a website for myself and also for a friend and uh, also um, trying to illustrate a book for another friend so 
That's great. And, and, and speaking of design, what, what are some of the things that challenge you most in design? Is it, for, for instance, is, are you finding it difficult to pick the right color sets? Are you finding it difficult to find the right font? Uh, or is all that stuff coming to you naturally? Um, the most challenging thing I face personally is uh, typographical uh, situations, uh, selecting the font or uh, laying out the font or um, um, like sizing the font. So all all typographical issues are I feel that are a little challenging for me personally. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, do, you, do you have any questions for us as you transition in your career? Given that both of us, is, both Devin and I, have transitioned in our careers, um, any, any sort of questions with regards to that? Yes. Um, so uh, when we um, talk about web designing, um, web design world is like ever changing and it's changing at a really fast speed. Uh, so how do you keep up with um, uh, with the newest technologies and keep acquiring those skills um, when you're not actually um, working on one skill set. So uh, from my perspective, now that I have acquired and mastered a set of skills and I want to implement them, but at the same time, the web is changing. It's uh, There are newer and newer uh, uh, technologies coming up uh, like there, there's templating there was angular js and so i have to keep learning those skills so how do i keep up with the ever-changing world and still feel confident and uh, about my existing skills uh Devin, you, you want to take a stab at it um long story short you don't <laughs> um my my approach is uh, is yeah things are always going to change my and my approach is first of all what's more important to the current job you have and then second to that uh, is uh, what's important to most of the other jobs out there and how do you find out uh, well you go and interview uh, and uh, so I've gone on interviews bomb them find out what they want and then and then go learn that and um, that gave me a really good kind of barometer as to as to uh, what I should be learning. So I started so I start like trying to get a high level uh, knowledge of that, uh, and then once I kind of get my heart set on that direction, that's when I start investing all my time. Like for example, when I wanted to <clears throat> make my official transition to the development team, I didn't know exactly what I needed to learn, but I knew what our stack was at the company. Our stack was um, SQL backend with uh, .NET uh, and then JavaScript MVVM patterns, and um, you know we were using SAS to compile CSS and HTML5. So I just so that's all I knew, uh, or that's all I knew that I needed to learn. That's a whole lot though. So, but I at least narrowed it down to a few things so I would get a good working understanding uh, of. You know, so I would. So that's when I would just start. Once I got that kind of sort of high-level direction, that's when I started uh, pouring myself into it and spending uh, all of my time, uh, all of my free time, uh, building building side projects. So what I would do is, the company I'm working for, I would I would 
uh, as a designer, I would take some of my design challenges and try to build them. Uh, I would set up a crude database, um, you know, uh, write all of the CRUD methods to access it and make my my little concept, my, my little prototypes, a miniature working app. And eventually the goal was that I could kind of provide like a rolling chassis to develop it and then that would reduce the amount of work that they needed. So that that was also like a business objective. I want to do this so that I can benefit the company in that way. And um, that was that's how I got my direction. And then um, once I kind of – and then as I was bombing interviews left and right, uh, finding out what else is out there, there and what directions we should go in. Uh, eventually, we started talking amongst our, amongst the development team about what technologies we want to go for. Because all of us, we we don't want we don't want to be stuck where we are. We want to be able to go to other companies. So we started talking about uh, what should we learn? Should should we learn Angular two? Should we learn uh, React? Should should we go um, start writing in TypeScript? And so we so we came up with these ideas, and that's the next direction of what to learn. Uh, so I guess it's it's it really is a moving target, uh, but in order to 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 hit that moving target, you got to be looking. Absolutely, and, and to add to that, Devin, you make a really great point. A, a lot of companies have different set of priorities and different set of rules that fit their company's uh, mission, if you will, or or their profit margin, or what the, what they're going for. And different companies have different uh, perspectives on that, if you will. Um, one of the things that you'll find is that something I was talking about earlier is that some technologies do phase in and out of, of, of fashion, if you will, uh, and some technologies change. So a lot of companies are slow to move or transition to to take on a new technology or, or adopt a new technology into their workflows because it hasn't been established yet. And the other problem with that, especially with larger companies, is that moving or upgrading to new suites of, of technology is very arduous and a long process. Uh, in my company, it's a small small business. We do websites for small businesses. And for us, it's much easier to one day to uh, flip, you know, turn on a dime and say, you know what, tomorrow we're doing this and the day after tomorrow we're doing that and, and be okay because it's all done one small business to the next small business. So let me give you an example. Um, right now, uh, there's there's for for years now there's been this transition from css floats to flexbox and a lot of companies are very very um slow to, to move on that they're, they're they're still sticking with css floats because that's the that's the it works for them it's been working for them for years and why should they change and and this and that and compatibility is also a factor but at the same time flexbox is in now css grid is coming around the corner and that's that's really taken on a lot of popularity. So, you know, how do I follow with the with the stuff and how do I stay up to date? For me, it's following the, the right people on Twitter. That's been a really big, uh, valuable resource for me. So uh, I follow a lot of developers on Twitter and every, and every day you'll see them talking about stuff. You'll see them go, hey, there's this new thing I'm doing right now and, and it's pretty cool. And here I wrote an article all about it. Boom, right there, free resource. The, 
the conversations you can get a feel for the trends and you can get a feel for what's working what's not working you know there, there's been this jump from less to sass from from grunt to gulp uh, you know things like that these conversations are happening in real time i find on twitter and in podcasts to listen to uh, there's things like shop talk show for instance there's a great podcast fully stacked that i talk about a lot of great stuff <laughs> so I hear, I, I hear those guys are a couple of hacks though. well that's probably true but you know it's really getting yourself out there into networking sessions meeting the right people talking to developers or designers and see what it is that they're trying to do that's really in short just get involved you'll you'll start to pick up and, and see trends emerge and then you'll be able to sort of jump on that whatever train you feel is going to benefit you the most but it is different every company has different set of priorities so you have to be so malleable and be understanding that hey you know this is a corporate environment it's a little bit slow and you know pushing them to change is going to be really really difficult if not impossible in some cases where in a smaller environment you have a little bit more flexibility so that's i think that's going to be one of the other challenges you're going to hit when looking for a job particularly as a designer because in designs trends change there also very rapidly and being able to implement that and convince the higher ups it's also going to be another set of challenges. Do you feel that uh, being a developer, this this sort of thinking might help you actually? Yes, definitely. Actually, um, it it was a great perspective that um, you two added because um, I when I used to think about it, um, it was a quite overwhelming feeling. But now that um, uh, listening to you two. Uh, I don't feel as overwhelmed. Well, that's good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I overwhelm <laughs> myself every day. It's also it's, important not to overthink anything, or, or, or in other words, not to be so difficult on yourself. It's so easy to sort of question everything that you do. There's this, there's this uh, voice on the back of your head that's always telling you, "Is is this the right?" way to code this or is this the right way to design this and you kind of look for external uh people out there to say you know what yeah i like this or no I, this is not the right way to do it but at the end of the day we're all as designers and developers we're all kind of figuring things out as we go along and seeing what works and what doesn't i don't think you'll ever find a situation particularly in this field where you're you're going to be in a position to say you know what i'm an expert in whatever this thing and I know everything about this thing and you, and you could ask me anything you want and I'll have an answer this, I don't think that exists in this field at all Devin do you agree or disagree yeah we uh, uh, spe specifically speaking about development we have we have a guy on our on our team that he's he's literally a guru he gives he he's gives a uh, uh, lectures on MongoDB and everything he's he's an incredible software engineer and when i and when i talk to him uh about the different programming languages languages and what i should learn and everything his his response was yeah all these curly braces or languages are all just the same i mean if there's differences in the syntax but but they're they're all the same idea once you get one down really well the other ones will, will come really fast uh so so really that's kind of how you how you deal with it in uh, in an environment that's changing every six months, is that keep your eyes out there and know the major differences, and uh, and then do definitely experiment. 
because that way you can shape the future of your company and you'll be the senior engineer someday rather than always just following uh, the senior engineers around. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah any other questions for us? Mm, no, it was uh, nice talking to both of you. I would love to trade resources with you because I, I, I get a ton of uh, design, uh, I, I guess I, I guess design uh, contacts hitting me up all the time. So I would I would love to trade resources with you. Yes, definitely. That's great. Thank you for joining us on this uh, podcast. It was a really great interview and, and definitely keep us up to date in terms of your career and how, you know, once you find a job and let us know how that's going for you. Yes, definitely. It was very insightful talking to both of you and um, I had fun having this chat and I got to know a great deal about myself too here. <laughs> my brain works. <laughs> I'm glad. That's awesome. Thank I'd love for... to keep in touch with you. I, I, I hope you keep in touch with us for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. We will do a follow-up uh, podcast interview uh, after, you, after you land your first job, which I'm sure you'll get very soon. For sure. Thanks. Thanks, Richard. You're very Thank welcome. You. This was a great episode. Uh, my name is Richard. And my name is Devin. Until next time.